do talk. We have opinions. And we share them. But only with people we kick it with. Until Until now. now. Join us on our journey to change the narrative about introverted personalities. That's right. Randomly and eloquently, we'll be discussing various topics surrounding womanhood, the black experience, and overall adulthood. The the worst worst hood ever. ever. Welcome to Random Eloquence. Well-spoken rants. Hello and welcome back to the Random Eloquence podcast. I'm Crystal. And I'm Paula. And today we have a treat for you. I don't know if you guys remember, and if you don't, please go back and listen to this episode to refresh your memory. But we recorded the episode titled Them Changes, and we were just discussing some life changes that we both were going through individually, um, collectively as a society as we continue to navigate through the panhandle. And so after we reflected on that episode, we had an idea to interview two of our close friends who recently encountered some very significant changes in their life. And what we wanted to know was how they got to a point where they knew it was time for a change, how did they navigate and manage the change, and what has been the overall outcome. And the conversation that we had with them, them being Brennan and Brian Bowman, was so very enlightening. And so Crystal and I, the Random Eloquence Podcast, are inviting you to take a listen to this conversation that we had. We definitely hope you enjoy it and that you get something positive out of it. This episode, y'all, is the very first guest. You know, we've been doing this podcast a year. So we wanted to just have our very first guest be someone um, who is really inspiring and someone who, you know, we admire. And also, a side note to that, Brian and Brennan literally are two of our most loyal listeners. So big, big shouts out to them. And thanks again for listening. But again, please support this young Black couple, they are here doing big, big things. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Paula and Crystal here with the Random Eloquence podcast. We have some guests in the studio with us. Brian and Brennan, say hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) We're so happy to have you all with us. Um, They're in town, and we wanted to get together and share, just kind of reflect on... um, a previous episode that we talked about regarding changes and um, we thought they would be the perfect people to interview as they've undergone some very major changes and we've watched their evolution. And so we are so happy to have you here. Thank you guys for agreeing to do this with us. Thank you for having us. Yes, of course. Of course. I just want to mention too, uh, Brian and Brennan, they are our most loyal listeners. I think they probably (laughs) listened to every Every single episode. episode. So we want to thank you again in person. We love the reshares. We love the The engagement. The reviews, the the engagements. Because like, there's like just a few people. (laughs) Look look at us calling ourselves out. Um, you know, we don't have many people yet. We don't have a big audience yet, but you two are part of it. So we mm-hmm. really, really appreciate that. Yes. So thank, thank you, you in person. So we, wanted to, we wanted to say that in person. Um, yes. And they are our listeners from afar. We'll talk about it a little later, but they are in town um, from New Mexico. They are originally natives of Virginia. Yeah. Portsmouth. Brennan's from Portsmouth, Virginia, and Brian is from Williamsburg. Williamsburg, yeah. And they both have uh, migrated to New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we're going to get into this story. Um, just a little bit. All right. So, as loyal listeners, 
Y'all already know what's coming next. Y'all know what's coming next. Oh, the burning question. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to switch it up. We're going to put it on you guys. Mm-hmm. As you know, and as the listeners know, it is a completely off-topic, random question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually would just think of it because of something in life happened. Um, so, in true random fashion, completely has nothing to do with nothing. I'm going to ask y'all a random question. It's the same question for you both, and you're more than welcome to answer individually or together, however you want to do it. You ready? All right. All right, so we're going to break the ice a little bit. So, <laughs> Brendan and Brian, um, and we always talk about traveling and things like this on this podcast. So Because we want to do more of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I want to know... When you all travel or when you are out of town for whatever reason, if you're not staying with family, you're probably staying in a hotel. What is the first thing you do when you walk into a hotel room? Go. The very first thing. Picture yourself in a hotel. You've opened a door with your little key card or the little whatever they use nowadays. And you open that door. And you're in This is going to sound weird, but I think the first thing I do is like smell to see if the room smells funny. Yes. Um, especially since I've stayed in Airbnbs a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Where it's a house, people stay there for longer times. I don't know how well they clean. So kind of just, does it smell funny? Mm-hmm. Closed up house is what it smells yeah, like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hotels yeah. yeah. okay. always seem to have like a, the same smell. Like yeah. all Marriott's might smell the right. same. Y'all yeah. notice that Westin's, they have like a signature scent. It's weird how they can, I think they run through the um, vents. It's a real mm-hmm. thing. If you notice, like when you walk into the lobbies of certain brands, mm-hmm. they all kind of mm-hmm. smell the same. If you go to Vegas, start paying attention to how the hotel smell. It's mm-hmm. on purpose. Now I'm gonna go and do that because mm-hmm. what I'm always smelling for is smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to know if anybody mm-hmm. was there smoking mm-hmm. before I get in there. Yeah, yeah. you're on. So oh. yeah, so he smells the room when he, he first walks in. I'm not That's like stuff though. It's but it's just like, yeah, but it's like you just take a. <laughs> it's a new atmosphere. Take a whiff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. Him sniffing the bed. All right, so I think when I go in the room, the first thing that I do is probably check out the bathroom. I'm checking out, like, what kind of soaps they have, what kind of, you know, little amenities they have that I'm going to, like, slide in my bag. Absolutely. Or, like, walk past the housekeeping cart. (laughs) Right, right. Because I've definitely done that. Like, I pay for this. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I probably probably check out the bathroom. Yeah. Um, Do you pull the shower curtain back? Yes. And be like, oh, this is where we work with it. Spa tub or just a shower. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I I need to make sure there ain't no rings around the tub, you know. Yeah. Or the toilet. Mm -hmm. Oh, that part. No rings should be anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure I got extra toilet paper. You know, all those things. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, You want to go next or you want me to go next? So, I'll go next. Um, I promise I'm not weird, but I wipe everything down. Right away or like right after away. Being okay. right away. Like literally walk through the door, take my antibacterial wipes out, I'm wiping down the phone, I'm wiping down the doorknobs, I'm wiping down the faucet thingies, what you call it, handles. Yeah. Anything I have to touch. I'm the in the remote, especially yeah. the remote, because ew. Um, I wipe everything down. And if I have like a small can of Lysol, which they sell at Target, y'all, I spray. I spray it. So <laughs> Was that all the time? Yes, or since that, that was before ah, pandemic. Oh, okay. Look at you. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people I know. I remember, I think it was <laughs> Naomi Campbell that went viral for like spraying down the airplane. Mm-hmm. 
and she was saying she does the same thing in her hotel rooms as well. And that was before COVID. So um, because there, I mean, you yeah. gotta think about it. It's kind of like mass transit, except for it's a hotel. So mm-hmm. multiple people mm-hmm. have been in and out, in and out, in and out. And um, now I'm gonna be taking myself to <laughs> lay it down. So there are some people who bring their own comforts and stuff. Yeah, people who bring their own towels. But then too. I'm like, I'm traveling. I don't want to bring my own comforter right. and stuff. But yeah. depends on the situation. But yeah, people bring their own bedding. I have, I have a friend who stayed with me who she brought her own towels. I was like, right. Kind of insulted, but you know what? Do you. Yeah. Do, you yeah. do you, sis. Anyway, yeah. Crystal. Um, so I'm I'm more on par with Brennan. I usually, for some reason, I think because it's right there by the front mm-hmm. door. So I usually go to the bathroom first. Same thing. I'm like, I don't know. I, I usually sit down like my purse or something like right there on the counter. I just kind of peek in there. And then if there's, like, a balcony or something, then I'll immediately go out there and look. Or, like, if it's a sliding door, I tend to go right to that, open and see the view. Mm -hmm. Or I open up the window and see the view of the city or wherever it is that we are at. I do that first, and then I come around, and I kind of, like, check it out. I look at the little um, wet bar that you're not allowed to touch. And if you touch (laughs) it, it'll move the water bottles. They charge you. you. So I don't touch it. I just look at it and say, all right, y'all don't touch that. (laughs) Um, but that's usually what I do. The bathroom or um, the view. I check out the view first. Okay. So good. I just want. I know that's completely random. You're like, you what? guys did great. But th- <laughs> thank you because these are burning questions that I just have to know. No, but um, I did see. I don't know if y'all follow this page on Instagram. I saw this question on embracing black culture on that Instagram page. Love that page. And they always have random black threads. stuff, threads of like things black people do. Mm-hmm. And it was some funny stuff up there, so I have to send it to y'all. But it was like when I walk in the hotel room, I go stand with my hands on the hip and I just look around, <laughs> or I stand and say, "This is nice." <laughs> so like it's a whole bunch of like different scenarios, and I'm like, you, you gotta say it like Tiffany like, Haddish. This is nice because I have been. To hotels i'm like dang i I can afford this (laughs) but that's because i used to work for a hotel company and i used to get discounts no longer anyway moving on i forgot about i know it's fine on to bigger and better yes (laughs) all right so thank you all so much for that um so yeah all right so um as promised we are just going to have a fun conversation with our friends here just a quick you know uh Quick synopsis of who they are again. This is a Brennan and Brian. They happen to be a couple, a married couple. Um, they have a beautiful family, three beautiful children, and we will get into all of that. Um, but we again wanted to just have a formal, informal conversation with them about their journey as to where they are in life, how they got there. Y'all, they are very inspiring. So please sit back, relax, take note, and just um Get ready to be encouraged. Soak it on all this. in. Soak it all in. So, all right. let's just start from the beginning. Um, do you mind sharing how you two met? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll get you. No, don't do that. <laughs> At Norfolk State, where we both went to college, um, I think it was it was either English or like music appreciation class. One of those classes, I don't remember which one. And we had we had both together, but I don't know which one was like the first one we met in. Um, and I was really like sit by the door as soon as the class was over. I was out of there. I wanted to go play basketball and kind of just hang out and do whatever. Um, and I, don't, I forget how we started talking. It was either about an assignment or something. I mean, obviously, people on the podcast can't see me. I'm one of the best looking guys you'll ever meet. So she couldn't resist. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wait, hold up. Hold up. Okay, set the scene for us, Brian. Set the scene, please. So, so you were in Sicily, the, 1920. So you were in the, <laughs> 
<laughs> so you were you said it was English one on one or I think it was English. music? All right. We were in both of them together, but I don't remember which one was first. Okay, so you had yeah. two classes together. Yeah. Cute. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What do you? What year was this? Do you mind sharing? Or Oops, sophomore year. Yeah. So this is like 2005. Because we're all around the same age. We all went to Norfolk State around the same time, guys. Yeah, it was like 2005. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I can remember it. Chris yep. Brown was hot on the radio. <laughs> I know. Yes, he was. Very specific. <laughs> run it, run it. Yeah, that's what yeah. Very specific. Continue. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I really wasn't paying much attention to anything. Just kind of class, and I was out of there. Okay. Um, and then we just started talking. I think it was, like I said, it was about an assignment or something like, hey, can we talk about whatever it was the teacher wanted us to do? And it was just y'all two, or was it like a group thing? No, it was just us two. Okay. Um, Who initiated the conversation? I think she did. This is why I never really like him telling this story because he tells it the horribly truth. wrong. Um, so we did have a class, classes together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was English and it was also, um, it was also music appreciation. Okay. Um, so. I was always this, you know, kind of studious. I'm sitting in front of the classroom, paying super attention. You know, all, I, that's always been me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as teachers, professor of the class dismissed, I mean, he just gone. So it was a music appreciation where we had the assignment. And I think I reached out to him to try to ask him what the assignment was because I missed that class. Um, so... And this was 2005. Um, so, and I think I did purposefully because I think I, I may have done some research. On him? On him. On him. <laughs> oh. oh. I think this was the this MySpace. This is MySpace day. Yeah. Okay, oh. I was like, Facebook was a little... No, yeah, yeah. Okay. Facebook yeah. hadn't started yet. Um, this was my space day, so I went to see his page and, you know, what was on it. And I was like, huh, okay, well, maybe. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I reached out and then we started talking. You reached out to him on MySpace? Um, I think I may have. Okay. Yeah, I think I may have. Cute. That, that was the only way for us to, like, really I think AIM on Instant Messenger was still a thing. Oh, oh yeah. it sure was. It was. AIM. Yeah. 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 Oh, Jesus. We, um, <laughs> we are really aging ourselves. Right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, Norfolk State was like the, where it all started. Cool. Okay. I love a good love story. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. And I think it's hilarious how couples always tell different variations. <laughs> always. Because they remember it so different. So the crazy thing is, one thing that he will definitely tell you is when we, we talked for a little bit and he asked me to be his girlfriend and I said no. Wait, how long after yeah, first meeting talking. did we transition to the girlfriend question? So, I don't know. It was a little while, but it wasn't. Like months? It was a month. It was a month. Okay. It was well, a month. Why'd you say no? So, <laughs> at that time. <laughs> right. Let's just get to the real question. So, at that time, I was really, like, trying to focus on school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had, like, just lost my grandmother so I was really just not in a space mm-hmm. um, to really be committed to anybody. Um, and one thing I did t- did tell him is that you know the next person that I date is going to be my husband. Like I'm, 
I'm tired of playing games. Because, I, I mean, I, I dated and it just wasn't what I wanted, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, I told him, I said, the next person I date is going to be my husband. I'm tired of playing games. I felt like I'm, you know, getting a little bit too old for this. I was 19. I was about to say. Right. Like, I was but like, when, you, when you look back, it's yeah. like, girl. You were a baby. Exactly. Too. I was. <laughs> baby. I was a teenage baby. Yeah. But, but, like, and I guess because I started life early. Yeah. I was like, I'm just tired of playing games. And he asked, and I was like, no. 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 Mm-hmm. And then it was it was almost like a Steve Urkel situation. It's like, I'm wearing you down. <laughs> so he wouldn't take no for an answer. Correct. Yeah. He would not okay. take no really? for an answer. Right. Quiet ones. You know? <laughs> it's always the quiet ones. I would know. Yeah. I like so that. Good. I love that. I love yeah, we that. Are. So since we're in college, so you guys met, went to college together, obviously. Um, what were you all's major? Uh, so we'll start with Brennan. What was your major? My major was psychology. Psychology. Mm-hmm. And Brian? Biology. Biology. Oh, wow. So parallel. And so basically, y'all had an elective class together. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. you psychology, biology, how you have classes together, but elective. elective. And then the, you know, the, the core. English. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Everybody had to take those English 101 classes. Yeah. My so God. being that you all were in similar majors, even though yours is definitely dealing more with like blood and guts and human stuff and yes. you're dealing with the mind. Where did you all see yourselves after graduation? So originally I wanted to go to vet school. Um, so I looked at like Tuskegee and um, Virginia Tech. But I did an internship, decided that's not what I wanted to do. Then I wanted to get into forensic biology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did an internship in that. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it, but it just wasn't in the job openings for it. Mm. So let's pause there. Forensic. You said forensic biology. biology. So where did you intern to be able to observe that? At the um, Eastern Lab that's in Norfolk. Mm. For the, so it's just the state forensic lab for so this region. Forgive my ignorance. Um, what did you see? Like you see some gruesome is things? Like, some like forensics? forensics? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, what kind of, what yeah, is that yeah. internship like? Yeah, we so might I have to have another episode. Right. I'm like, tell me all the like details. That. Yeah, so I mean, it's, she jokes all the time. I'm a nerd. I'll embrace that. But they got this new machine that helped them analyze DNA samples, but they had never used it. So I came in as part of my internship and proved out the procedure for it. Wow. Yeah, nice. Okay. Set it up for them. Yeah. Wow. So you didn't see any like. See, you already know you what I'm trying dead to ask. Right. We yeah, just, just get to it. Ask. So I didn't see any like whole dead bodies. But, um, just what do you mean? Holy saw parts. So they. <laughs> oh my god. Just, you saw fingers. So I rotated through all the different sections. So in the fingerprinting section, if they have like an unidentified body, sometimes they will just send the finger to the fingerprint lab to look at. So. Okay. <laughs> it is biology, so all right. Someone has to do the job. Okay. Right? There you go. Yeah. Wow. Someone has to do it. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so you thought, okay, I'm about to go. You said you didn't really want to do forensics. No, I didn't want to. It just oh. wasn't any career okay. opportunities. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then, what did you end up transitioning uh, so to? So then I transitioned to teaching. Okay. I did that for a little while. Biology. Uh, I did a STEM hands-on STEM lab for an elementary school, so I was nice. responsible for a kindergarten through second grade. Oh, I can see that. Hands-on. Yeah. Um, okay. Activities cool. for now. Um, did that for a couple of years, but it was a grant position, so of course budget mm-hmm. person that gets cut and stuff. That's, they cut you. Right. Yeah. Um, so then I just kind of did substitute teaching. I did customer service for QVC. Oh yeah, a lot of, of people work there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I got into the shipyard. 
Okay. And what do you what do you do there? So in the shipyard, I did radiation protection. So whenever they do any work of a certain type, I was there just to kind of care to explore. I'm like, what is that? I think I know, but radiation, I could assume, but so feel free to break that down. So when people ask, yeah, have, have you ever seen Monsters Inc? Yes. Okay. So the way that I explain it to people is the people in the yellow suit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. The what is it? Whenever the monsters got exposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. I follow. Yes. So the, that is how I explain right. to people, especially people who yeah. you know have seen the movie, yeah. what he like does. It. Okay. Okay. Cool. And people that. get it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it an easy explanation. Yep, okay. I did that, and then I still had to ship you. I did not transition to being an auditor. Mm. So then I mm. numbers okay. Well, not so much that, just the work they were doing. Okay, so, yeah. So okay. pretty much like going back behind them and checking that they were doing what they're supposed to do. Pretty much, okay. Yeah, like quality them. assurance type stuff. Yep. yep. Gotcha. gotcha. Are you currently working as an auditor now? No. So now I'm kind of back to radiation protection, but for the Department of Energy. Department okay. of Energy. That's right. Okay. Yeah. We'll probably circle back to that. Um, shortly. Okay. Let Brennan tell her story. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, after college, what was your dream job or your dream trajectory and then where do you think you were going yeah (laughs) so um after college of course my degree was in psychology and i wanted to be a child psychologist Mm -hmm. that is what i wanted to do um then oh gosh i worked in um like day treatment for a little bit therapeutic day treatment um then i transitioned into um, after several other jobs, I transitioned into school counseling. I went back to get my master's in uh, urban education, also from Norfolk State, behold. Mm-hmm. And um, I became a school um, counselor. So I have been a school counselor for kindergarten through 12th grade. Yeah. Um, and in the between that, I was also a graduation coach at one of the high schools in Portsmouth. So. Um, okay. Yes. I remember that. So yes. it all ties, you know, psychology, all of that kind of ties to what you ended up doing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can't say that. They can't say they graduated and did what they came to do. <laughs> yes. So great. Good. Good to hear. Okay. So, um, so it sounds like you both, just like many of us, you know, you go to college, you check that box, you do the traditional route. You know, everybody tells you you need to graduate. You need to you know, once you graduate, you need to find a career. Mm-hmm. And then once you find a career, you need to get a husband or a wife. And then, eh, we know the, <laughs> we know the little traditional route. Okay, but life doesn't always work out like that. Um, and as we know, life is not very linear. You know, sometimes it goes left, it goes right. We're all over the place. It's ebbs and flows. So, um, on paper, it sounds like, yep, you, you started out following the traditional route that all of us do. Um, but, as we mentioned earlier, we've been observing you all. And been very inspired. It, it looks like very recently and very um, aggressively for good reason. You all have really just... Did a 180. Did a 180 and went against the grain. Like y'all said... I don't know what y'all actually said. But I'm <laughs> telling you that I think that y'all said like, oh, forget that. I'm done with that. And I'm going to do what I came here to do. And I'm going to carve out my path. Because, you know, maybe this isn't serving me. Or maybe, you know, I just want to do something else on the side or whatever. So... With that being said, um, one of the reasons why we brought you on, again, we want to put emphasis on that. It's like, we're just really inspired. Like, we want to know all the deeds. Like, how did you just say, 
you know, yes, I can have my husband and my wife and my kids and I can still follow my dreams. I can still like do what it is that I'm supposed to do. So with that, at, at what point in your career, um, in your previous careers or maybe even still your current career, at what point did you all decide like, you know what, what I'm doing is either no longer serving me or I can still do it. Cause I think, uh, Brian, you're still working like your day job. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, at what point, and you guys can obviously answer individually, but at what point did you realize or feel like, I don't know if this is it. I don't know if I want to like retire from this. So I don't know if I want to continue down this journey. Like, so we'll start with, uh, uh, Brennan. Um, if any, was there like a, pull a moment, a in pull? a different direction? What made you wake up one day and say, you know what? That's it. I'm going to jump into this new venture, which we're going to, you know, bring up later, what your new current venture is. So, um, I guess it was about 2013. Um, I just kind of dabbling. I told Brian, I was like, hmm, I think I want a camera. And 2013 for Christmas, Brian bought me my first Rebel Canon T3. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm just taking pictures. And at this time, you know, I'm a school counselor and I'm, you know, working, doing pictures on the side. This kind of is my release um, from my day job because when you're working with people, um, mm-hmm. when you're working with people, it can be kind of hard, especially when you are, you know, the person that they are kind of dumping all of their trauma or not even dumping, I won't say that, but, you know, just telling all of their stuff to and you're trying to help, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I needed, I figured I needed an outlet for myself. So I decided to do some photography. Um, and so I did that for a little bit and then I kind of strayed away and like really dove into, you know, I was like, well, I don't, I got to figure out what it is. I've got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. So school counseling just wasn't, it just wasn't fulfilling, Mm -hmm. um, as I thought it would be. Um, it just, it just wasn't doing it. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I had a friend, um, who got married in 2019, 2018, something like that. And she was like, Hey, Brennan, you have this really, really nice camera. My photographer just bailed on me. Can you come and take my pictures? And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, just just, just me, kind of like, all right, sure, why not? Um, so I went and I did pictures for her wedding, and this is the first wedding I've, I had ever done. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, right? Were you by yourself? Yes. Or did you have a Brian to help No. Like- no, it was just me. Oh, wow. It was just yeah, me. Yeah, weddings are different beasts. They are. Pictures. And then I uh, I had a nerve to wear some wedges at, anyway. Um, <laughs> no, girl. No, no, Sneakers no. all day. Absolutely. So um, <laughs> I did that wedding, and I think that that next morning I woke up and was like, I want to do this. Nice. This okay. is, I, I had so much fun. I'm, I'm going to start a photography business. And wow. just like that. Just like that. Yes. I was okay. like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. And you just, did you, and you feel, just knew it. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I just knew it. You just knew it from within. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was weird. Like we were in bed and I, it was so random yeah. and I woke up and I was like, Hey, Hey, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, right. wake up. I was like, I, I'm, I'm a side of photography business. And and what did he say? He was still asleep. Yeah. So he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like, Do you remember this no, conversation? No, no. Oh, wow. Nope. I was so <laughs> expecting him to say, yes, I remember. He Absolutely. He I love your honesty. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. So um, that's when it started. Okay. That's when it started. That is, that is, wow. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. There's no explanation. It just comes over you. And that's how you know, like, this is what it is I'm called to do. All right. So, so what I about, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Before we get, get to was there a time once you kind of made up in your mind and in your heart like this is what I'm going to do did you waver at all yes cuz cuz a lot of times we know what it is that we're here to do yeah mm-hmm. but life society tells us oh you're too old so, or whatever i will tell you so yeah um originally no like i never i never wavered from it um, the only time that I wavered and the only time I really, really, really got kicked back from family was when I said, I'm going full time. Mm-hmm. That was when I got kicked oh, back. We'll get there. We're yeah. not there yet. But we we're going to get gonna there. Pause. Yes. Because I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. Because that's going to open up a whole nother. Because yeah. anytime you to the conversation. do something against the grain, you're going to have noise. I call right. it. You're going to have right. people like this. Mm-hmm. Safe route, safe route. Have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. I don't need a backup plan. We'll figure it out. But you should go check this box. You should do. You should be safe. So I know all about that. So we'll we'll definitely yeah, we'll circle, circle back, back to for sure. Yeah. All oh, right. Love same it. question. Yep. Right. Ask a question one more time. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so the question was basically: At what point in your career or your mm-hmm. life did you decide that what you're doing is no longer serving you? Um, was there a breaking point, or mm-hmm. did you just feel a pull in a different direction? So I never even knew that the shipyard was a thing. Um, I, I just I wanted to be a vet until I kind of did it for a little while. I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Um, so I would I would say it probably was after I'd been at the shipyard. I'm gonna say like seven years ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd kind of done as much as I could do, and it was like I'm gonna have to find a new job to to even really uh, promote any further. Um, and we had already talked about, you know, relocating. So I was looking at jobs in like Japan and just kind of all over the place. Um, so like the shipyard was never my plan anyway. So I didn't feel like, oh, I need to stay here. Um, but as I inched closer to like eight, nine, 10 years, and I was like, okay, I've been here a third of my career at this point. I should, I could just ride this out. Um, and her and I were talking and then I said, well, maybe when I retire, um, I'll look into like going to culinary school, just kind of something to do, whatever, you know. We're and talking an additional like 30 years, years from now. Right? Yeah, yeah, no. 25 years or whatever it's going to be. Oh, no. Yeah, so <laughs> she was like, well, why, why would you wait to do it? Like, what, is, what do you need to do? Is it something you can do now? And really, I had done no research. I was just saying it wasn't possible. I didn't, mm. I didn't know it wasn't. Uh, so I was like, okay. Somebody was in your ear pushing you. Right, exactly. <laughs> Love so it. I was like, well, I'll look into it. I'll look into it. So okay. yeah, I looked into it. So it's only going to take like 18 months, maybe two years. It doesn't cost that much. I can do it at night. I'll go for it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. Okay. So started doing it. Went to the culinary schools, did the classes. I've always liked cooking. Always, you know, cooking and food has always been big in our family. Um, so 
not that I thought I'd want to do it for a career either, but it's just something I really enjoyed. Yes. Um, but going to culinary school and seeing other people and just kind of seeing the opportunities um, really opened my eyes to, to the, uh, the opportunities. So you, at what point, like in culinary school or along your um, cooking journey, did mm-hmm. you feel like, like Brendan, like, I, I think I want to do this. Like, I think I want to hit the gas and just go with this. Um, so was there a pivotal was, moment? I think it was just kind of right away. Because like I said, it was night school. So I'd go to work all day long. I'd go right to class. and would be in class from 5 until like 10.30 at night. Wow. Um, so you're exhausted. But I never had a day where I was like, I don't want to go back to class tomorrow. Wow. That's how, you know you like, like how you know. Yeah, I was like, I can't wait to get back in the kitchen and see what else we're going to do next week. I can't wait for the next class. You know, I was already planning out other stuff I was going to get into, other classes I wanted to take. Um, Good. And then from there, just kind of got into the business of, you know, doing private events. Which we're going to get there, too, because, yeah. again, you guys have, right, y'all, like, literally said, okay, I, Brennan said, I'm going to do this. He said, yep. Brian said, I'm going to do this. She said, yep. Mm-hmm. And, like, y'all just got in the car and drove. Like, y'all, yeah. Like, and I, I know that it's a work in progress. I know right. behind the scenes there's challenges because, you know, life is just life. Yeah. But, like, I'm just so inspired. Like, you guys literally said it, and you were doing it. So we're going to get to that point. But I want to say a side note to your story. I don't know if you remember. I was telling Brendan this offline and Paula. Do you remember? It might have been only three years ago. We did a luncheon or something, I think, with our line sisters. So Brendan is one of our line sisters, everybody. We're all Deltas here. Um, but um, she... We had some kind of like luncheon or something. It was around Christmas. For the holidays. A holiday I think luncheon. We just all wanted to get together. Yep. And we had our kids with us. And me, you, and our kids were kind of sitting off to the end of the table. And uh, Brennan and everybody was kind of on the other side. And I don't know how me and you got to talking. But you had said, hey, do you think I could talk to your husband or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I said, well, yeah, you should talk to him. I said, you know, I was thinking their personalities are very similar. Like, <laughs> And I know y'all kind of met each other in passing before. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. yeah. So you were like, yeah. Um, think I can talk to him because I'm interested in trying to be you know I guess you said a chef or I don't know what yeah. language you use uh-huh. and I said yeah I said he would love he would definitely help you out and so I know y'all had connected I'm sure since and I know you've helped him out with like some pop-ups and yep. things yeah so just to think that that was just three years ago I think barely yeah I mean yeah. maybe right just now like three years ago that's amazing it's proof that you can literally make a decision and decide this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to apply pressure. I'm going to put in the word and I'm going to be very intentional about it. So that is awesome. I remember that conversation. I was like, wow. And I know y'all have like exchanged books and cookbooks. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll get there. That is, that is really inspiring guys. So I'm, I, I can't wait to hear the rest of this story. So, so basically you all both had a pivotal aha moment. It was like, I'm done with this. Um, and you decided to just kind of go all in on, your next steps, mm-hmm. your your next venture, the next stage of your life. Yeah. So I will um, say, um, before I think you're going to add a question, but mm-hmm. um, we might have already answered this question, but like, I know you guys, it's probably safe to say y'all have a, applied person who's been doing this for the last two, three years, like consistently. But at, how long, like, was were these career paths, these new career paths that you all have, was it something that was lingering in your mind from childhood? If you think back, do you remember like having these thoughts, but y'all always pushed them back because you know the world tells you, yeah, you can't make money being a chef. Pictures, yeah, right. You can't take pictures. That's a hobby. So like, was it something that you always had, or just later in life you just decided to do it? 
So I am, sorry, it's a loaded question. <laughs> no, I'm laughing, and I will say I'm laughing because um, my dream. And people always tell me, like, "You're so, oh my gosh, you're following your dreams." And my my response to that is, "No, I'm not. My dream was to be a child psychologist mm. from childhood. That was my dream, but that is not what God called me to do. Absolutely. So I never wanted to be." Uh, you know, my own business person never, like, that was something my dad would tell me, you know, just talk about having your own business, and at the time, it was a business dealing with psychology and mental health, mm-hmm. like, that's what, what he, he had, had a little box, right, but he, he had always, like, pushed, like, entrepreneurship to me, and I was always like, nah, uh-uh, I'm gonna be my, you know, child psychologist or school psychologist, I'm gonna deal, work, you know, during the day, have my summers off, I'm going to work, have my weekends off. You know, I was very, mm-hmm. you know, in my box. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, no, no. I like that. That's true. Because a lot of people, when you ask them, like, when you were young, did you imagine you'd be doing what you do now? And they always say no. Not always, but a lot of people. It's rare that you find somebody that says yes. When mm-hmm. I was five, I knew that I was going to be this. It's very rare. And I became that, yeah. Yeah, because very we think percentage. that we know what we're supposed to do. But like you said, God will say, nope, this is what I have for you. Pull you in a time. Mm-hmm. Yep. and it's crazy mm-hmm. how it works out because you'll just be living your life but it's crazy how God will just align you and force you into directions you're like well why do I go even that if, way right. even if yes. you're fighting it even like, if you're fighting you getting it. that push yes. and he will keep revealing things and throwing things to you until you get in line with what he has mm-hmm. like I know you said he's gonna be this psychologist thing but like like I want you over here and he'll right. keep providing opportunities for you to, to keep getting in line so I like mm-hmm. that I like that truth that is very that's very true. So thank you for being honest with that. What about you, Brian? Um, did you have this um, thought that, hey, I want to be a chef or a private mm-hmm. chef? Did you have that thought maybe when you were younger or is it something that kind of evolved as you get older? I think it's something that evolved. Um, the love for the food has always been there, but as far as how that gets expressed um, and what that means is something that's I'll say newly evolved. Yeah. Um, okay. I didn't even think, again, that as far as a career path, chef wasn't anything that I, I thought would even be a thing. Yeah. Um, so it kind of was something I fell into, but it makes sense because of my passion I have, you know, for food and mm-hmm. the experience that comes with it. Um, that's why I like doing the private events and smaller, more intimate events, um, especially because you get to see the experience they're having around your food, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, seeing and how, enjoy people eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seeing how, what you're doing is kind of just the backdrop, you know, for, for the experience they're having. I love that. I, like I love that. that Contributing to other people's joy and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. And with that said, sorry, I keep interjecting, but with that said, with that being said, um, they usually say sometimes when you're struggling and trying to figure out what it is that I'm supposed to do in life, if you just revisit your childhood, and just do a deep dive into what interests me when I was young. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that you kept whatever you kept doing as a child, it ends up being what it is that you're that God is is has ordained you to do. If you think mm-hmm. back. So like you said, the thought wasn't necessarily, I'm gonna be a chef when I grow up. Right. But if you look back over your childhood, you were always kind of gravitating toward food in some mm-hmm. capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, with your grandma, I think I read your bio. Uh, your grandma, I saw a picture. So cute. Your grandma, I think your sister. So cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, but if you look back, you you probably always had food in your life. If you look back, 
it was always some sort of business mm-hmm. or taking that pictures. That entrepreneurship seat was the, yeah. the Polaroid. Was yeah. Thing. I oh yeah. Every yeah. camera possible. Wow. So so but yeah. yeah. So I've had to remind myself like go back to your childhood. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm not quite where I want to be yet, but I always used to pretend like I was on the radio when mm-hmm. I was little. Here I am mm-hmm. with a podcast. So things just have a tendency look to come full circle. So I tell it to anybody like when you're struggling sometime in life, and as you grow, you're going to continue to have struggle. You guys, you never really arrive in life. You're always evolving. So right now, it's like, yeah, I got my photography business. I got my chef business. But then you might reach 45 and say, you know what? All right. I think I want to do something different. So we always have to kind of evaluate ourselves in our life and reflect back and say, well, what is it that I keep doing? Mm-hmm. And so just a little. It's funny. Little as you were saying that, I'm sitting over here. I'm like, well, what was I doing when I was a kid? <laughs> and I remember like kind of always playing with my dolls. And I always had a stethoscope. And, like, checking their heart. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be a doctor mm-hmm. or a nurse. That was where I thought I was going. And then I took a psychology class and all that changed around. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of in the business of, I'm not fixing hearts. I'm not a doctor in that way, but I'm mending hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Look at, look at you spread a little wisdom. You know. all right. <laughs> Read a lot of books. You know. A little bit of help. So, um, kind of in the same in the same vein of that question that we got to, and we said we were going to kind of circle back. Um, all of us in here have reached points in our lives where we think we're on the right path, or there's something we want to kind of go towards, and we know it's a big jump, it's a big choice, and fear is like, ah, ah, ah take a step back, you might not want to do that. Um, you know, pretty much, yeah, fear starts to rear its ugly head, so... If that is you, either of you, how did you overcome fear or any insecurities you may have had about changing your careers or even moving away? I think it, for me anyway, it started with kind of looking back at where I started. Um, when I was in college, one of the first jobs I had that was, I guess, full-time adjacent, like the hours were full-time, but... It was kind of like a livable job. I worked mm-hmm. night shift security at an art museum. At an art museum? Yeah. Which uh, one? The Chrysler. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cute. Um, and I think I started out making like $8.10 an hour. I got a big raise to like eight fourteen after a year Holy or so. Wow. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> wow, um, 8 Right. And if I can make it on that, then I can certainly afford to take a chance, you know, on something that's patting up. We know we're passionate about now because we'll be able to make it. You know, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. there's, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, then I think it's the team. It's not. I certainly couldn't have done it alone. It's not a chance. Um, so I think it's that's the support. You know, yes. that you know you have definitely oh. having somebody push you. Yeah. Is is the huge blessing, and and when that person happens to be your other half. It's a win-win situation. I'm getting a little misty, y'all. Yeah, I love a good <laughs> so love story. Yes, yes. I think that's so important, though, because important. a lot of people they'll start like on like like you like you did. You woke up and you were like, "Hey, I want to take pictures. I, I want to be a photographer full time." Even though he was asleep, he still supported you. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know. <laughs> of course, you know we don't know the future, but I'm just wondering, like, had he not been in your corner. Yep. What would have happened, and vice versa for you? Had she not said, "Go do it," what would have happened? I'd have twenty years left to even start. <laughs> yeah, but think yeah. about, but, but again, me getting so deep. But think about how you two coming together was all part of the bigger plan. Mm-hmm. You had to be together in order for that moment to happen. Right. Because had y'all went separate ways with other people or just alone, you might not have ever been on the right path, or you would have eventually got on the path because that's what God has for you. Right. But 
it would have taken even longer. So like Paula said, sometimes you just have to have that one push and it just so happens to be your wife in the situation say, look, do it. That's all it takes, you know? So. so it's funny that you say that because we literally had a conversation similar to this the other day. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I truly believe that God brings people in your life, um, especially like a partner, to help you to break generational curses mm-hmm. amen and uh, <laughs> and i mean and part I, two <laughs> go ahead and I, really, uh. and I really really believe that because like i said i was we were not gonna be a thing like i really was i, I really was against it mm-hmm. like i was really against it <laughs> and look now and, yeah. and, but my mom yeah she was the one that was like He's a really, really good man. Aww. You need to, like, she was, she pushed, she was team Brian all day. Aww. I loved it. And she loved, like, that was her son. Like, yeah. she loved him like that was her son, Aww. right? That's important. And she knew, like, that he was meant to be in my life to help break whatever generational curses that I had even no idea that existed. And that's time, but now you probably know. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I absolutely believe that, like, it, it, the team, like, really, really makes a huge difference. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I love that. Jeez, so what a good story. So you guys, we, we had started to talk about it, and I think Crystal was going to get a little deep. You, you were about to get a little deep, too, um, when we mentioned, like, family and friends, like kind of the noise that Crystal mentioned. Mm. Um, were family and friends supportive of you all pursuing these new ventures? Um, well, let's set the scene. Yeah. So at this point, y'all both decided, hey, I want to do photography. I want to, you know, I think at the time you might not have known right away you want to do it full time, but let's fast forward and say, all right, I think I'm going to, because at, at first you were doing it, you know, nights and weekends probably after mm-hmm. your full time. And then you decided, you know, with your husband's support, you were like, look, I want to just do this full time. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with you. Explain, like, that process. Like, okay, I want to do this full time. My husband's on board. But now I got to, like, I don't have to ask other people, but, but I'm just letting break them know. The news, how so was that experience? And how did you, like, overcome any obstacles, if any, were presented to you? So and this is how I lead with stuff. A lot of people struggle when I tell them, like, that God speaks to me. They like they they get kind of uneasy because they don't know how to deal with it. So I was praying one day and I'm like, Lord God, I don't know what to do. I didn't want to go back to school um, this past August. I know that feeling. I'm like, I, I can't go back there. <laughs> I don't want to go back there. I don't know what to do. I immediately heard, but you know what to do. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, but, um, eh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, and then I just started kind Start of making excuses yes, in your head about why you can't do yes, it. Yes. Just started making excuses. And then I'm like, okay, all right. Okay. Let me talk to Brian. Hold on. It's like, cause at first, it, honestly, for me to go full time at first, Brian was not on board. Okay. Um, what well, was Paul's there for a second? What were some of your hesitations about her? I know? didn't know if we were in a place, uh, that was fully prepared, let's say financially. Just yeah, that's real. Plan, um, as far as planning it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want that to become an additional stress because I already knew it was going to be tough. Um, but you know, just kind of got to go with it. 
Yeah, and that, I think that's real because naturally, anytime you decide to go against the gray and say, forget the full-time, safe route, you know, steady paycheck every two weeks, it comes with, like, a freedom, but then it comes with, like, okay. Like, what's next? What's, what's going to happen? How am I going to consistently get money in? Because yep. you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, I understand. So, the, so that, naturally, that was your first reaction. Like, uh, I don't know. Okay. I think that's real. So, how did you all overcome that? So where you were like, all right, that's your your valid concern. Like, you know, now I'm assuming you're full-time, right? Like, yes. So obviously you all had the conversation and they moved past it. So what made you finally say, let's just try it out? So I didn't ever have any doubts about mm-hmm. her success. Gotcha. Like I knew that was a done, a okay. done deal. So that gotcha. wasn't the issue. I love it, the confidence. Um, yeah. It was, and then it just became, okay, well, yeah, she can go back to school. That'll be steady money, but... Like, what state of mind does that put someone in? And that's kind of not fair to say, because I'm unsure, you just need to suffer through this until I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. it's not really. And when you say suffer through, you mean her in the meantime suffering through doing Going to school, yeah. Doing a, okay. Because yeah, that only holds Going back. Going the safe what, route. Right, because that only holds yeah. back where she, what she should be doing anyway. That's so true. And more debt. kind of like tearing off the band-aid. You just kind of got to go. You're going to struggle a little bit first, and that's fine. But hey, we made it making eight dollars an hour. We can definitely make it. I, yeah, I I love you the know? metaphor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right about that. Okay. So to get back to what you were saying, basically, God told you you know what to do. Mm-hmm. And you kinda in your head was like, eh, I don't really know. But then something said, All right, I'm gonna go ahead and go. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. What so, happened after? So after that, um, I told so my both of my parents are deceased. So I told my mother-in-law and I told, um, I told my brother, I told, you know, I told my family, our family and, um, somewhere like, uh, well, how did you sure. tell them? You said, Hey guys, this is what I'm doing. So I, th- I said, you know, I'm thinking about going full time. Um, I really don't want to go back to school. Um, I'm thinking about my mental health. This is not going to be, it's not going to be good. If I go back, it's not going to be good for anybody because I'm going to be miserable. Um, and it, you know, I just, and I always lead with, you know, God just has so much more for me if I'm just listening and being obedient. So when I lead with that, you know, people can't really say, well, no, you shouldn't do it. You know, like you can't tell me that I, you know, I can't do what God told me to do like that. Mm-hmm. How would that make you look, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, from there, you know, it was like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Mm-hmm. Because again, this is not the safe route. Uh-huh. Um, this is not what you went to school for. Yep. This is not like, uh, are you sure, right? So, um, I had some, are you, are you sure? But then I had some, oh my gosh, yes, this is what you, I, I'm totally on board. You should absolutely do it. You should absolutely follow your heart. This is amazing. You know, um, so it was some kind of iffiness, mm-hmm. but it was always, you know, a definite, we support you. Um, so over, overall, yeah, yeah more, support more support than support. Than absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Um, so it was hard, like when I had to go turn in my resignation, Ooh, yes. like typing it up, it, 
it was hard. It's a leap because it's a step. It's so, a leap of faith. Huge <laughs> jump off the cliff. Like Yes. Right. And then remember, mind you, I told you I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never mm. wanted to have my own business. I never wanted to do any of this. So as I'm typing this up, I'm afraid. Mm. When I turned it into my supervisors, I'm bawling, mm. crying. It's quite bittersweet. It yeah. was. Because so the crazy thing is as a counselor, I'm I'm good at what I do. Like, as a counselor, mm-hmm. I was amazing as a counselor. And and I can say that because, hey, yeah. I'm good. I'm just good at what I yeah, do. You know what you know. Um, I do. And I, I knew kids. I knew how to work with parents. I knew how to, I knew all of that stuff. But I also knew that that's what, that was not what I was called to do mm-hmm. in that capacity. Yeah. Right. So, um, turned that into my supervisors. And I'm just, like, crying, bawling. Just all of these emotions that are all over the place. Um, and my coworkers are like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. Like, we're going to miss you, but you're, you are like really stepping out on faith. You're doing what you love. You are really taking a chance on yourself. And they were like, low-key, we're jealous. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They were really low-key, we're jealous oh, because wow. we want to leave. We want... I wish I had something that I could be passionate about too. Like, like they, this is what they were saying. And, um, it was, it was, I, you know, I, it was the first job I had when we moved to Albuquerque. And, um, now it was like, now I gotta go out into the world and meet people, you know, new place in a new place. We'll get to that. You know, so it was, it was, it was hard because I was scared. I was very, like, Terrified. I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah. that first business day after you quit, that first Monday or whatever day followed, how did it feel? Just say. So the first day, I don't walk up in there anymore. The first day of school, <laughs> this past Ooh. week, the first day of school, I cried like a baby. Really? And I cried like a baby because I got to see my kids go to school. Yeah. See? And as a counselor, I never really had the opportunity Mm. to take my kids to school or to put them on the bus or to see them you know, yes. walk into the door of the school. You always doing it because I always there. had to be there oh, never before school that. started. Yep. So I cried like a baby. Like it was oh. to the point where our four year old was like, "Are you okay?" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and I was like, "I can't." Like, and you know, our daughter freshman in high school. So I'm bawling because she's getting because oh. she's going to freshman in high school. Our middle son, fourth grade, bawling because he got one more year. This, just, just uh, all these emotions all over the place, right? So never thought of that. That, That's that a was, big moment. That was big for me mm-hmm. because I'm like, as a, as as a mom, like mom guilt as an educator is real mm-hmm. because I it. have to educate other kids. But I also have to be there for my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was the first year that I was 100% able to be there for my kids. Wow. Yeah, I've never thought of and that. And it made, awesome. it, it just helped. It just made everything like, okay, this, this, this is what so I'm right. supposed to do. It feels so so right. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And then after that, the next day, <laughs> you were like, and I still ain't going back. <laughs> and I ain't going back. I'm in control of my time. Okay. Yes. That's yes. the goal. That's yes. all I'm trying to get to. Yes. Like, just. Yeah. Yeah, one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. And that, and like you said, that's how you know it is. It is right. It's something about that freeing feeling mm-hmm. of just knowing like 
it's just that's a whole other topic. But like how our jobs like dictate those moments mm-hmm. that are stolen from us, mm-hmm. those family moments, those friendship moments, like you don't realize how much that nine to five or, you know, a full-time job can kind of hinder. And we're not knocking full-time jobs. Absolutely. absolutely. Obviously they're needed, you know, yeah. but sometimes, you know, they can get in the way. Sometimes. And, um, I mean, so, and the crazy thing about it, most like times. the educated education is just really hard in general yeah. on families because it's so yeah. strict. Mm-hmm. Like is it the family life balance mm-hmm. of, of family work balance is just totally off kilter. Because they don't care that you have a family at home. They want those papers graded. They want, you know, Mm -hmm. things done. Okay. So, like, on the other hand, Brian's job, their, like, work-life balance is totally different. Because he he can call in and say, you know, my son's sick. Okay, work from home. Like, you know, I mean, it's so... You need that flexibility. You do. So, I'm all for a really awesome... Nine to five with a great work work life life balance. balance. I'm okay with that. That's a challenge to find within the self. That is my journey to find somewhere that's just like a sweet spot where it's like, all right, I can still have the job, but I you got to understand that I do have a life outside here. Absolutely, and that life is always gonna um, take precedence over this job. Absolutely, because you won't get these moments back. Your kids only gonna be young, but for so long, you know, your family's gonna you know be young for for so long, so. I love that. I love that. So I just love hearing people's story of like the quitting for good reason. I'm all for that. So congratulations. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. So Brian, was there anything you wanted to add to that? Like how your family and friends reacted specifically to your decision to move? The moving was tough because it was totally random. So okay, so hold on, not to interrupt. So uh-huh. you at this point before y'all decided to move, you had decided to go full time, or no. did you wait? Okay, so let's let's backtrack. So you were into photography, but you were still a counselor. Mm-hmm. When did the opportunity, like Paula said, like what did the opportunity to move? How did that fit in to your life? Because you so you all was, lived in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. So we we're in Virginia. Like I said, we've been exploring the options to move. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that used to work for me. Had gone to Albuquerque, uh, to New Mexico, at the same place where I currently work now. So he he called me or sent me a message and was like, "Hey, there's an opportunity if you want to come out here. Um, you know, we have op- we have job we have job openings here, um, and they're looking for people." Um, and I was like, "Okay, well, of course it's a pandemic." So I kind of tried to get information about what they do, what's the process. It was like, "Well, we really don't know because you no know, COVID. Normally we bring people out, kind of give them a tour." show them around, then do the interview. Um, of course, COVID messed all that up. Everything was on Zoom. So I applied for the job, had the interview, and basically decided to accept the job, never having been to Albuquerque, ever wow. in my life. Never. Okay. Nope. No family there. Yeah. He was the only one that I knew that was there. Mm. Um, so that was really weird to a lot of people. Like, so you, know, you get offered the job, mm-hmm. you naturally told Brennan first, I'm guessing. Yep, yeah. Or, or your, yeah, yeah. What, how did you respond to that? <laughs> well, yeah, because I want all so details. So when he, um, when he first, you know, found out about the job, I was like, 
They project their fears, insecurities, you, you know, yeah. because they, they would think never do they it. couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why yeah. would you consider that? Because I would never do that. Right. And yeah. family, family was not on board. Sure. They With were, the move, they yeah. Was it a little bit of like selfishness? You think like, well, what about the kids? You know, we're not going to be able to see the kids. Like, do you think it was that with family, or? Because sometimes family, I know they just want you around. They that, may not, they may not visit you every day, yeah. but they want to know. But I can go up the street and yeah. see Brendan. That, that's right. what it was. Yeah, yeah. friends too. Sometimes yeah. it's a yeah. selfish thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. okay, that's that's what it was. They were just afraid of y'all being so far, so far away, and yeah. they can't just drive over or right. you know, right. it's a long airplane yeah. ride. Yeah. How long is the flight? And so when he after he um, had the interview, and we were like talking. 
and he he really wasn't talking about it. He was not talking about it. He was very, you know, kind of low-key about it. Um, me, on the other hand, I mean, you know, I'm talking about it. And then, you know, some of his family was like, you know, he, he doesn't, y'all don't know if y'all moving. He ain't even, you know, accepted the job yet. Y'all don't know if he got it. And I was like, this is Brian. He got the job. Like, <laughs> if, if there's anything that he can do in the science field, he can land a job. Like, he's a black man, very intelligent in science. Yeah. He, he gonna land a right. job. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I'm like, he got the job. There ain't mm-hmm. no question about that. So, mm-hmm. let's just wrap our mind around moving. You know, and they were just like, but and they were just like, you don't even know if he got the job, and I'm like, and it was quick. I mean, it may have been four months oh, okay. from the time I found out I had the job to we were gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we went it to y'all's little going away parking lot gathering. Yeah. We had the yeah. snow cones. <laughs> yeah. It was hot. That yeah, day. It, was, it was in July, it was but it was fun. Yeah. I just remember like. Hey, y'all are really leaving. Mm-hmm. And, and that was you, just the beginning. You were gone. And it's like, oh. And now it's been a year and a half? Mm-hmm. Year? Yeah. Yeah. Half, yeah. Y'all left. It was like July? August yeah. July? Mm-hmm. July. Mm-hmm. I remember. I literally remember. Yeah. Our, our flight was July 31st. Oh, wow. And yeah. how long is that flight from Virginia to Albuquerque? So, um, it's two flights, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, from... So... It depends. So it goes. It's a nonstop from BWI. Okay. Three hours. Okay. okay. No, it's not bad. So it's not bad. Yeah. Um, or you do like a layover in Denver. So fly to Denver, layover, and then fly to we we have started flying into Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cheaper. Um, but that part of that too is like for my emotional connection because the last place I saw my dad was at the Norfolk airport. Okay. So it's it's kind of hard for me yeah. to fly into Norfolk. Gotcha. Um so I was like, yeah, but we need to fly into Richmond. So we started to fly into Richmond. And you just um, drive down. And well we go to Williamsburg. Oh yeah. So and it's right there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um so it's easier as well yeah. for you know family to come get us. Oh. So it's about I mean altogether it's probably about an eight hour day. Okay. Well, including time changes because Albuquerque oh, yeah. is two, two hours, hours behind. behind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But in theory, you all are just a day away. So yeah. from those fa- for those families that's like, we can't see you and da da da. Plane just ride. Plane yeah. ride. Plane one ride day. Away. We're not talking yeah. twenty five hours. Work shift. Right. Yeah. 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 I love it. So okay. that okay. That is just y'all. I'm loving this story. Um. So I kind of feel like you guys have answered this next question in a way. Um, do you feel that your the, the the current trajectory you're on, do you feel like it's something that you should have been doing all along? Yeah, now that you're in it. Yeah, now that you're in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I was ready before. Okay. Yeah, and I'm talking about with the culinary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that. Because part of the of moving, it forces you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll force you to do stuff that you now didn't have to do before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of benefits to that. And I think that's one of them. Is it puts you in a position where you're, I've already taken this one huge risk. So what's another one mm-hmm. that's not nearly as big to start a business? Hmm. Wow. Good segue. So from the outside looking in, it seems like y'all were, you know, had obviously the thoughts and 
visions that y'all have now. Y'all had those in Virginia, but it seems like on the outside looking in, as soon as y'all got to Albuquerque, it was like the doors like open. A, it was yeah. like, come on in, live in like your somebody, gifts. Like, it was like did a, a switch. wave of a wand over and y'all. I will and y'all just say, turned into princesses and, print, and a yes. prince. It was like. Like <laughs> overnight, y'all just like okay. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm being a color, you know. I'm a chef. I'm a business owner with my photography. Y'all are both business owners, but like it just seemed like it's just like a snowball. Like it's happened so quick, and yeah. I'm like, dang, did we need to blow it up? Okay. I'm just telling my husband, <laughs> or just like, move in general because here where we are, things get a little stagnant in Virginia, and it's a lot of people doing the same thing, and it's hard to like really stand out. Yeah. Um, especially if you go to a bigger city, but I'm like go to Albuquerque because it seems like <laughs> there's like a place for us to get what I'm saying yes, it is. so with that being said um we're gonna just you know end things on highlighting like what it is that you do so we talked about y'all's transition journey and and you know going the safe route and one day waking up and saying you know this doesn't serve me anymore I want to like do something different so we, we talked about that so now that you all are like in the dream you know the days that you're living in now, this is what y'all pray for. You know, that someday it came. It's here. It's happening. So I'll let you guys, um, I guess, freestyle a little bit. Like, tell me what you currently do. We'll start with uh, Brennan. We always start with Brennan, I guess. Tell me what it is like you currently do. Like, hype your business up, and then we'll do the same for Brian. Like, your individual journeys. Talk about that, and then we'll, we'll end on y'all becoming one. Okay, so... I am Brennan Bowman. Mm-hmm. I am the owner of Bren B Photography and also the owner of Boudoir by Bren B. So um, my, my photography business was one and now I'm moving into two different um, brands. So I am a branding, personal branding photographer. So I work with business owners, um, specifically but business owners um, who are women of color. And I help them to hype their business up by um, with their visual content. So helping them create content for their website, helping them create content for their social media, just to kind of really um, liven their brand and to help them to be, you know, show people what they do. All right. Um, and then the other part is I am also a boudoir photographer. So I work with women of color again um who um i target pretty much women who struggle with the self-love um you know we we as women of color don't really see very many other women of color and in the world that we live in it's not really seen as being beautiful when we are women of color absolutely so um it is my desire to work with women of color to see that their beauty is regardless regardless of what you look like regardless of whatever color you are um regardless of whatever roles you have in life whether it be a daughter a girlfriend a wife sister mother whatever it is um you are beautiful and you deserve to be beautiful you deserve to have an experience that um this showcases how beautiful you are. Um, so that is what Brandy Photography has morphed into. Okay. Um, and entities, I love it. And <laughs> I am also the owner of Faithwork Studios. Okay. And oh, studio, excuse me. 
and right. more to come. <laughs> There's gonna be studios. Claim it. Go ahead and speak that. And I, um, Faithwork Studio will be the first black-owned um, luxury photography studio in New Mexico. See, wow. so <laughs> I'm telling y'all, we God might need the door. Yeah, something. Whole another area. Yes. Y'all are pioneers. watching. Yes. say about 20, 30 years. It's yes. what I'm saying we started with Brennan and Brian. <laughs> they came down Somebody here, migrated, and now there's like this black wall street yes. in Albuquerque because you never know. And that's so, and that's never really know. what I want to do. Um, okay. I, I want to just do something different. They are not used to luxury in Albuquerque. That's mm. something that we've learned. Oh. They're not used to luxury. They're used to oh. regular jeans, t-shirt, very low-key. Oh, okay. Um, Never thought about it. And wow. we are bringing a little luxury. Morally different. Yeah, yeah, see? You guys yeah. are definitely paving the way. So, and also, I want to pave the way for younger. Mixing in my... Love for counseling and I was gonna say youth. it sounds like mm-hmm. see it goes back to you you're doing still what you thought you wanted mm-hmm. to do it just looks mm-hmm. a little a different. different way mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. so different capacity um so I will be starting up a mentoring program as well working with um upper elementary middle s- school students who are interested in um, photography oh, um, and then. Also teaching them like how to look at life in a different lens, how to cope with life, how to you know their different circumstances. So using my counseling yep. and photography, and kind merging of the merging two. the two. Okay. So go ahead and shout out all the places that people can find you, and especially people who heard your story and maybe want to follow you and just kind of continue to follow your journey. Okay, so you can find me at um, Bren B Photography on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, you can also find my boudoir page, which you have to be 18 and up to follow. I mean, go ahead and preface that. <laughs> um, that is at boudoir by Brent B. Um, and if you are interested in following my studio, which I know you are, um, <laughs> my studio is at faithworks underscore studio on Instagram and Faithworks Studio ABQ on Facebook. Gotcha. And Faithworks okay. Studio, they have a physical location yet. Yes. Um, in Albuquerque. Yes. So if you all are in Albuquerque, be sure to follow the page. Yes. To get more information about you know working with her and Brendan and her photography. Please, y'all check out her work. It's really good. Her website's there has all of her information. So please support. Black-owned businesses in she's Albuquerque. She's actually taken pictures of me as well. Yeah, she has. She's worked with uh, <laughs> For my um, birth, one of my, birth, well, not one of, but the only birthday shoot I've had. So, um, yes. And she basically took an idea I had and ran with it. Mm-hmm. So, the talent is evident, y'all. A true visionary. Okay. All right. And we'll make sure that we tag all of your businesses and stuff um, wherever we post and also in our show mm-hmm. notes we'll have it. All right, so Brian, you're up next. Um, we talked about how you still, you know, have a day job, but you're yeah. like, that's cute, but I got my little <laughs> chef and thing on the side. So tell the people about yourself. All right, so I'm Brian. I'm the owner-operator of Chef BB. Um, I do private events, um, birthday, anniversary dinners, uh, focusing on a luxury experience for smaller, more intimate, intimate groups. Um, I also do meal prep services for people that are just kind of too busy to worry about what they're going to eat every day. I can do like a week's worth of meals for you. Um, then I also do virtual cooking classes. Um, so it's great for corporate events or, you know, girls' nights or whatever it is. 
Um, you know, you can cook through a meal together and to end of it, you know, you have something to eat and you've learned something, something new. Um, and then I'm also getting ready to start working on a series of cookbooks. Um, like actual hard copy books? They're going to be ebooks first. Okay. Um, and the concept will be the book itself is the entire meal. Okay. So like oh, the appetizer, wow. the meal, the dessert, oh. maybe like a drink. So that oh, way, that's a cool concept. Instead of trying to pick and, you know, put stuff together on your own, you'll have the entire meal kind of. Oh, that's know. a different concept because mm-hmm. I have a lot of cookbooks in my home. Right, I, yeah, do and too. none of them are like that. So I think that is a very unique concept. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I yeah. like. And that. then I'll partner that with like a uh, <laughs> a cooking oh. class as well. So you say, "Hey, cook through this meal, and you mm. get the cookbooks." I love it. Okay, do it again on your own. I like um, that. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Um, so where yeah. can we find you on the socials? So on Instagram, if you look up ABQ Private Chef. You'll see me pop up. I'm the only, I'm the only one. Wow. So, yeah. Are you? Do you, Do you know if there are any other black chefs in the area? Or um, they're know? not. No. Really? Wow. Uh-uh. That's crazy. So yeah, yeah y'all are You're really literally in the your way. own lane. Yeah. Yeah, really. Like not one that that you found on not, Instagram or not that I know that of. you know of. Um, yeah. there, so I, I did take I took a street food class when I first got to Albuquerque. Um, just kind of was a good way to one to, to network and kind of meet people, um, and to kind of just get an understanding of what people in Albuquerque like food wise. Mm-hmm. So there were a few there. Um, but as far as I found it, they're doing like private dining events. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, y'all definitely carved out. Y'all found a niche there. So mm-hmm. I think you need to continue on that journey. Um, great. And so did you name your handles and how people can find you if you're in New Mexico? So for my username on uh, Instagram, it's chef underscore Bartbo, B-A-R-T-B-O-W. Perfect. And then I have my link tree there to yeah, give them a follow. Okay. You'll love all the pictures of food that you see. <laughs> um, just give it a follow. Um, give both of them a follow, please. Again, we'll have all of this information in the show notes in the description box, and we'll be sure to tag them when we talk about this episode. So, Paula, do you have any closing thoughts before we, um, you know? I do, yeah. um, because this has been, like, such an episode of kind of just eye-opening for us, not just about how you all have carved your own way in a new state, in a new city, completely unfamiliar to you guys, but just as kind of shedding light on what happens when you take off your your biases mm-hmm. and your blinders and you can kind of see past that. So I want to know, what would you tell your younger selves knowing what you know now? Mm-hmm. We'll start with Brian. Right, switch it up. <laughs> uh, I would say take... Take chances. I mean, it sounds cliche to say take a chance. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of mistakes. But I think it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with failing. You know, I think people have to get over that fear of failure. Like, it's not bad. Now you just know one way it didn't work out. And you know kind of how to go about it a different way. Um, so that's what I would think I would say. is Take take that chance. You know, mm-hmm. take the risk. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. You ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, for me, I would definitely say, like, don't be afraid of your greatness. Like, don't be afraid to be awesome. Um, don't dim your light for anybody. Um, just be awesome. Like, that, that's it. I think we can literally end the show on that. Um, yes, if y'all want to inspire awesome. by this, then I don't know what... Wow, um, so 
So I just want to publicly, publicly again say thank y'all so much for coming on as our first guest on Random Elephants Podcast. Thank you so much for being transparent and open um, enough to share y'all's story. Very inspiring. Just know that even when it feels like no one's watching, someone's always watching and is being encouraged by your story. So, you know, keep up the good work. We are excited to share in y'all's journey. We're excited to tell the world about all the great things y'all doing. So thank y'all so much. And...